Father James is calling me right now, uh, and I'm not making this up. Answer it. Tell, tell him you're recording a podcast. Tell him. Hello, Father James. Come on, man. What's up? We're about to record a podcast. Then. Uh, I don't know. What, what do you think? Okay, we're going to Hop Dotty. Sounds good. What, uh, what time are you guys going to be done with that podcast? We're going to. 11.15. 11.15. We're going to go over there ASAP. I'm going to there at 11.45. Okay, we'll see you. Let us know. Yeah. Text us if you want us to, you to order, if you want us to order you anything. I got I got yes. meetings to go. Yes. Thank you, Father. That's a big time you are. That's a big time. I'm big time, dude. I got a meeting with the diocese. Oh, I can't. Okay, sweet. Bye. Nothing's changed, bud. Not one iota. Nope. <laughs> Are Wait, you hey guys, this is the Being Church Podcast, and Will's back. Yay! So many things are new about this episode. A new room, new mic stands. Yes. And so many things are old. And so many things are old. It's the, the new, new and the old. old. Oh, that's Will. Tom Karani's line. <laughs> I've, I've missed you, Will. Yes, can this can this episode be just me watching you guys talk about all the things? And Elisa still hits her mic, and even she... with the new stand. <laughs> Dang it. I still use my hand. <laughs> Like it is, this episode needs to be a whole year long. Oh, it might be. It might be a long one. I'm yeah, it, it, man. Can't be too long though. We want, it has to go out this week. <laughs> uh, I, I want to know all the things. Oh man, are you so happy to be back or no? No, I'm very happy to be back. Um, it's it brings me. I was driving down Burnett Road. I was like, oh, it's like this, the this good old place, people, dude. Yeah, so good. Uh, no, it's it's beautiful to be here. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate today the school teachers are all gone. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, comp- oh, wait, but like, kind of glad because we would never have gotten to this podcast if it. It's was probably here. true. Yeah, it yeah. is true. Yeah. It is true. They're training that, right or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's like a opening school mass at St. Williams today or something yeah. like yeah. that. So, but um, yeah, so we have seminary and convocation this week, and then I go back to seminary on Friday. So womp, womp. I'm. <laughs> really excited <laughs> because in 10 months i get to be a deacon god willing. Yeah. and jeez man that's guys I, I i this is my line that, that god has given me the grace that god has given me for sure in the past i don't know even when i was leaving st louis i was already kind of saying this but i can just publicly yell i can't wait to be a priest mm. that's like awesome. i can't wait to be a priest. That's really exciting oh, to man. hear. Oh man, Will, I want to talk to you about so many things. I know. Like so many episodes of this podcast, but also just like, you know, conversations as friends. But um, that's awesome, dude. We're so excited for you. St. Louis loves you so much. So it's just refreshing to hear that you're excited to be a priest because, you know, the priesthood has been kind of beat up. Yeah, this bit. summer has been pretty rough. Yeah. yeah. So just well, to hear like Well, not just the priesthood, there's... but seminaries too. Yeah. Like no, the whole it, process it, is yeah. getting... No, but it's rough. It's rough. It's something we don't need to talk about it right now. Right. You said, Tom, but it's something we as Catholics do need to talk about. I know. Absolutely. We need to to discuss this. And and I think the hard thing with – so I've been a little self-critical too because I'm like, oh, I kind of control the message here in some way at St. Louis. You know, like what goes out. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to say something about all this while still – it's hard to do it constructively. Yeah. You know, and – yeah, 
it's just it's a shame and obviously no one condones it you know yeah. there, there's no place for abuse in the sheepfold that's what yeah. i keep that's what i keep telling myself exactly. anywhere in the sheepfold in abuse of any kind yeah, yeah. exactly exactly um so yeah. it's just you know what are we going to do about it that's the yeah. that's the harder bigger question that i don't have a voice in really right <laughs> and in some way i've i've been thinking a lot about all this scandal all right we're only going to do a few more minutes on <laughs> this, this okay? yeah. i'm sorry we had a different idea for this episode but no it's okay uh, it's good we need to talk about it yeah. right i've been thinking a lot about this and um but here's the thing this is this is the only thing i want to say is that it's responsible to talk about it yeah. to it pretend is. it's it not there exactly makes right. us part of the problem yep. in in any Absolutely. in any no, way shape exactly. or form if we see something that is wrong and we pretend like oh it's not, it's not there i can't see it i i don't know it's there that's wrong you're being you're being complicit right i think i think so yeah i mean of course there's like proper ways of Prudence. bringing things Correct. to the light right and there's prop like depending yeah, upon this thread might not be the best right. way to do it but so. we have a platform and to say for a few minutes that we're gonna say this is not yeah, okay is and right yeah. and nobody okay. is okay with it right no. Yeah. Right, it's okay to say it is what I'm saying. Right. What I was going to say is that I've been thinking a lot about this and how it kind of just, you know, everything with McCarrick kind of sprung up real fast and just kind of everything kind of spiraled from there, right? All this, yeah. all these stories and all this really terrible, terrible stuff. And, you know, a lot of people are, are calling for the bishops to speak out and all this stuff. And I've heard people, extremists probably, say like, even if, you know, X number of bishops need to leave, whatever, to be, you know, to kind of shake everything up. Like, that's okay. We need some renewal in the church. And I was thinking about all that. And, of, you know, this is always sad when priests have to leave ministry or cardinals or bishops. You know, it, it's always sad. And it's sad to hear these stories of abuse. But I think it's, it, it is so that in the spiritual life, God strips away these terrible parts of ourselves and sometimes it's by exposing them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's by bringing lies and deceit to light mm-hmm. um, so that the healing can begin. Yeah. That I, I think it's just a part of kind of a spiritual renewal cycle. And it's oh, brutal. It's brutal. But right. we have to we have to purge it. We have to purge it from the church. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And I, just just as a, as we all are probably aware, this is not just like an American Catholic problem. Of course this is not. A, I was in Honduras and like 50 seminarians from their seminary just wrote a letter to their, to their bishop or to someone like saying that I I don't know the details, so I won't go into them, but something bad was happening at the seminary. Yeah. There's some uh, systematic corruption of corruption. Yeah. And, um, or to even say that it's not just a Catholic issue. Like, it's not. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not just it's it's not. it's just an issue, and it hits yeah. it hits all aspects of uh, every corner of you know different organizations, and so. Um, but this is kind of our mess, and we kind of have to yeah and own we, it yeah. And it, you know, it's not just a Catholic issue, but we should be at the forefront. If I mean, if we can, we should be the ones who are uh, very strongly because we believe so strongly in the dignity of every human person, right? Mm-hmm. That we should be the ones out in the front saying, Hey, this ain't right. Right. This, this yeah. Change. If the church is putting the limelight for messing up, like, yeah. we should also be in the limelight yeah. for fixing our problems. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So we should yeah. be a, a shining example. Yeah. So to hear you say, even in the midst of all the crazy that you are so excited. And we, and Tom and I know, and everybody at St. Louis knows 
that you're going to make a phenomenal priest. A yeah, you'll be wonderful all right. With shepherd. the grace of God. Yes, with the grace of God. And so right. that's exciting, right? <laughs> to know that there's good, that we're like, we're going to know. I just, and that's actually what I, if anybody were to ask me what I felt about this, I would just, I would just point to the Father James Miscos and the Father Jesse Martinez's and that, you know, like the, know. the Father, the Father Doug's Doug. of the world. Yes. Like these, these men, like, please don't like, don't forget that there are these very holy good men out there yeah. and that they're such, human. There are such great priests in this world, in our country. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, they are human. But they all need our prayer, yeah. the best that we can offer. And they really all need our friendship. Pope Francis tweeted the other day, mm. like, be friends with your priests. Like, and some level, they're normal dudes and they need friends, yeah. you know? Um, yes, desperately. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a lonely life, man. It can be. It can yeah. be. It, it can be. Especially, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's different circumstances where you're, I think there's just different times of life, like. Certainly priests, um, I think one of the gifts of sometimes feeling that loneliness is you can empathize yeah. with people who are often in right, right. that situation, uh, whether they're married or not. Because mm-hmm. we all know that there's people who are married and lo- who oh, are lonely, yeah. right? right. even great marriages have those kind of, uh, or I've been told, I don't know, but yeah. that where there, there's like these periods of like a week or so maybe of like, I just don't feel close. Or right, exactly. My spouse isn't here or... Right. You know, it's not a bad thing. It's just an invitation. Um, but I especially think of like the young, young adult population, yeah, like in our, in our area in particular, because I know that that's a huge time of loneliness for a lot of people. So pray for our church because uh, it, it needs it. Yeah. <laughs> pray for, pray for priests, pray for seminarians, pray for people who are discerning because that's where it all, you know, that's where do Father James is, uh, is fond of saying this where do, where do you think priests come from you know like it's the the people in the pews where exactly. do you think nuns come from it's the people in the pews right? it's not dropped off the face of the earth i was actually at my home parish last night for their youth group and it was so great to see a youth group that was alive and i told the kids i was like 10 years ago i was here mm-hmm. oh, in this spot I in this it. room yeah. yeah so 10 years from now someone here could be doing the same thing that I'm doing right now. It's not outside the realm of possibility. And these 16-year-olds are like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. It doesn't exist to me. What's, what's that? Mean? What does that even mean? No, dude, you're absolutely right. But um, you're absolutely right. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, so, you know, that could have been one episode in and of itself. Yeah, I can't wait to be so a priest. <laughs> yes. And us ask you all the things. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about what we really came here to talk about. Yes. What did so, we talk about? Oh, yeah. uh, you, so you recently, you're fresh back from Honduras. Yes. Okay. Why tell us why you went to Honduras? Well, um the seminary man. <laughs> no. <laughs> the seminary didn't make me. Uh so the, the way that this summer works, we kind of affectionately call it the choose your own adventure summer after oh. pastoral year. I don't I get that summer. Well, so the reality is that uh, after doing 5 years of school/internship, um you kind of I think the diocese thinks that the guys generally have an idea of what they would, what would be good for their ministry in the future or what might help them. Uh, And so in a discussion with the vocation director, you just kind of say, you look for things you might want to do and you say, I'd like to do this and like to do this. And I told father Jonathan um, uh, at father James's (laughs) prompting that I wanted to go to the Holy land. And so he said, yeah, you can go to the Holy land. So I went to the Holy land for six weeks. Yep. 
That was sweet. We saw all your adventures yes. on the uh, 60 seconds. And then, yeah, and then Father James came for a week and a half and we rocked around the Holy Land. It was great. We could talk. I could talk a long time about that. Uh, but you asked about Honduras. So yes. I want to get to Honduras. So I said I wanted to go to Israel uh, and I wanted to maybe walk the community of Santiago mm-hmm. in Spain. And Father Jonathan said, because um, I wanted to practice Spanish and have like a retreat. And he said, well... Um, Israel definitely, uh, and, but I, I really think you'd benefit from some type of mission experience as well. Um, and I said, okay. And he said, um, there's a place in Honduras that I know about that in, some other seminarians have gone to, um, and with this group called the Missioners of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, would you consider going? I said, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, so that's kind of how I got introduced into into this mission thing yeah it was it wasn't necessarily on my mind to go down there but uh the lord put it on my mind through the church so um and it was i'm glad that he did yeah yeah so tell us about like so where did you stay with a family or like what was it what was it like okay so the the missioners of christ is like a organization i don't know what i think it would be called a public association of the faithful uh, which means that it's like a, it's sort of like a religious order, but sort of not. So in the sense that um, there's a, it was invited by the bishop and the Franciscan friars of the renewal who have a house down there yeah. and they came preaching the gospel and their, their main mission is not so there's a lot of missionary groups right people go down and like build a well or build a house or build a church or build whatever build a road um but the point of the missionaries of christ is not to do any uh physical help necessarily like right? to, like not they, to build things yeah or they, construct i mean they're not going to deny any but if someone was in in desperate need they would help them of course right but right. but they're there to just be with people yeah. and proclaim the gospel. It's very CFR. It's very Franciscan. Right, yeah. I mean, Just the Franciscans bit. can take it a little bit further because they're able to, to. they have like a school and they have different things like that. So what was like a day in the life of seminarian Will <laughs> in Guatemala? Honduras. Honduras, uh, my bad. But uh, close. Uh, <laughs> no, it, well, the, the reality was it was different every day. And that was part, that was actually one of the, parts that was challenging to me if you guys know me i'm kind of i kind of like to have some sort of schedule uh a little bit yeah and so sometimes i would be like it's so funny because they just ring a bell and people will come for the next thing and they don't know what the thing is and they don't necessarily know what the thing is and so it's it can be kind of challenging because you're like okay well if i would have known i would have prepared a little bit for for this or if i would have known but that's part of the deal, and part of it is uh, sometimes things change so f- quickly there. The American way of doing things is just like, yeah, we're going to figure out how to make this happen right now. And in Honduras, that's not necessarily the way that things work. So yeah. what did you take from that? Like, what did you take from uh, it? the American way being so different from the Honduran way? Or what you experienced in well, that regard? Because you came back wanting to talk about poverty, yeah. spiritual and material. So what kind of what tipped that off? So I'll give you an example. So we get, okay, so I was there for a week 
the right. missioners came from the States. It was a group from Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, and some other folks. Then we went for a week of missions in the mountains. So like little Aldea communities, right, that have probably anywhere from 200 to 400, 500, 600 people living there. And they get they have a little chapel and they have liturgies of the word every Sunday usually. But they don't get mass but like three times a year because there's 70 of them in the parish and there's three priests. Wow. So to, for those and to get from one to the other it takes 25 minutes because the roads are so bad. So like they get mass three times about a year. three times a year. Mass and confessions. They see a priest about three times a year. So wow. Talk about a poverty of like, I go to mass every like day and even... I forget that I'm going to, I'm like, I'm right. in mass thinking about something else. God knows what. So like they don't, I mean, they can't celebrate Easter on Easter all the time. No, definitely not. They, and they, and so like, it's crazy, right? And so that was, so you see that poverty, wow. you see the poverty, uh, like in the aldeas physically, right? Um, though most people that I saw uh, had enough to eat. Mm-hmm. Most people that I saw had at least some shelter, right? Like it wasn't like a five-star resort or anything like right. that, but it was yeah. a house yeah. built with bricks. Um, most of them used wood to cook their food, right? It had a wood-burning stove um, and didn't have running water. Right. Or, or they might've had some type of running water or like they would catch rainwater and then that would sort of become running water. Uh so that you see this poverty, right? Now, for me, I, I've seen poverty before in different places. So it wasn't like shocking. Like I didn't go. I was like, oh, my gosh. I didn't right. even know people lived like this in this right. world. But um, what was even more deeply striking is, um, I don't know if I would call it like emotional poverty or spiritual poverty or something like that. Uh, in the not good sense of those words, in the sense that like, there's like a lot of abuse that goes on yeah. in these communities. Uh, there's a lot of broken families. There's a huge amount of machismo. That means that, like the the men basically think that they can go do whatever they want, and it's kind of just an accepted mm. cultural thing. And it's terrible. Like it, it's mm-hmm. awful, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Like these women are, are having to raise their children by themselves in difficult circumstances. Um, so you, you, I connected with that type of poverty. But then even more deeply for me, right, there was my own, like that was the, the place of reflection on my own poverty because I couldn't do anything. Right. Yeah. Right? right like right. I, I could listen and that was, I could listen and I could, I could speak to them sometimes and, let them know that uh, God loved them and let them know that, uh, you know, I would be praying for them and let them know that, um, you know, especially in the case of, of sick people, uh, like you're close to Jesus because of this suffering. Right. Right. Like Jesus is really close to you right now because he knows what it's like to suffer on the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... So there's a reflection on my own poverty. And that was also made apparent to me when we got back from that mission. Um, I hadn't showered in two days because the the place we were staying at was like the the water was just gross that we oh, could have really? used to shower. Right. Like you used a bucket to shower and it was mm-hmm. filled with mosquitoes. Mm. Oh, wow. And so I was like. Uh, no, uh, I'll, 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 I'll sacrifice this and, and go, 
you know, a day without a shower. But that's get, the water they have to like drink and uh, sometimes, bathe. yeah. yeah. Uh, so th- most of the time they're not going to drink that water, although sometimes, sure. right? Like right. we we were privileged to have like clean drinking water the entire time. But yeah, and then when we get back to the house, the the missioner's house, the missioner's house isn't fancy by any means, right? Like I was sharing a room with three other guy, two other guys, uh, <laughs> and that was a a sacrifice because they're. They were much younger than me, and there was a, a lesser organization. And it's not—I love these guys. <laughs> it's so—it's so good how uh, he phrases like a lesser a organization. Lesser. I, I love Omar. He's a great guy. Um, he's from Honduras, and uh, he is—he's like heart of gold, yeah. heart of gold. This, sure. this man, um, and uh, and we shared a bathroom with like six people, which I'm used to doing that in the seminary, but. Um, we get back. I walk in the door, and one of the other guys who's from the states is like, "Hey, just FYI, there's no water." And I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Because mm. you're stinky. Because I'm I stink. I really need to take a shower, not just for because I stink, but because like I've been riding the back of a pickup truck, right. you know, in the mountains where there's dust everywhere, uh, you know, like just. Like I was like, I'm gonna. I cannot wait to get to a place where You're I don't have to use mind. a bucket, right? Yeah. That yeah. I don't have to pour the water. I can just turn the water, even if it's cold water. Like I don't care. Like yeah. just turn the turn the water on. And then he tells me that I'm like, Are you kidding me? Because it's also like 10 o'clock at night. And when I finally get to take a shower, and <laughs> and the thing was, it's not like there was no water, right? Forever. Like I could go get a bucket, go outside to the pila. Pi- Fill up the bucket. And you just didn't want it, it, it was like a whole maybe four-minute expedition. But I was ticked off, man. <laughs> like, I was mad I at God. Imagine. Yeah. Because, and I, I just, I, I'm not proud of this moment, but it's kind of comical. Uh, like, there's a crucifix, and I just turn towards the crucifix, and I'm like... Jesus, why is this happening to me? <laughs> right? Like, Meanwhile, as, he's like... Yeah, he's like... <laughs> uh, and so, like, I think awkward. I wrote in my journal later that night, like, I'm a spoiled, rotten kid. You know, yeah. like... like yeah. you, you but know, but are all, like, really, I mean... We all want to have that we same all, and, Exactly. And, and we do, actually, just with a lot of things during our day that irk... It really, it's just irksome. It's not really... It's not, it's not real suffering. Right? Yeah. The people around you are probably suffering. That's why, <laughs> that's, why the, that's why we say first world problems because a lot – I mean, so do you think that your perspective – because I've really been thinking a lot about um, the Catholic social teaching of solidarity. Mm-hmm. And I've been reading a lot about how um, we're not to take a stance. And actually what you said was really beautiful when you said – I can't do any, I couldn't do anything to kind of help. But I think a lot of times that's the, that's the posture we take of privilege. Like, oh, I'm here to like save you or fix you Mm -hmm. when really we're called to be in solidarity with people. And Mm -hmm. that means just to be with people. Exactly. Um, and not, and not act as though we know we're just because we have, um, monetary privilege that we are better than anyone Mm -hmm. so we're really just called into this space of oneness with 
with our human brother, yeah, with humanity. And that's sometimes very uncomfortable, right? Because you do kind of have to just sit in it. Yeah. Especially when it's like not a problem that you're very familiar with. Right. right? Exactly. Like, yeah. Or yeah. the lady or man is speaking in another language extremely rapidly. And, and you're, you're like, you're uh, like, I know this language, but you got to slow down. Kind right? of, like, right. You yeah. know, and that's a poverty. That's, that's my own poverty. That, And so that that's the opportunity that going to a place like this affords you is right. to see, yeah. okay, there's poverty here, materially speaking. And there's even problems, right? But where's my own? I'm going to encounter my own poverty here because these people are living joyfully often in the midst right. of all of this. Whereas I'm complaining. And that's why there's a lot of, there, there recently has been a lot of criticism of Americans that go to other countries yeah. with this like savior mentality where I'm going to go and, and, and fix your, you know, yeah. problems when um, I came across this really, really great quote and it says, the most important step is this, train yourself towards solidarity and not charity. You are no one's savior. You are a mutual partner in the pursuit of freedom. And then a, there's this uh, woman, Lila Watson, that says, if you have come here to help me, you are wasting your time. But if you have come because your liberation is bound up with mine, then let us work together. Hmm. So basically, you know what I mean? It's just like this idea that you, that we're all a human family and mm-hmm. your money does not make you wiser or better or, you know, Go with me on this journey, you know. So when we see, like yesterday, when we were at 1130 Mass, a homeless man came in and he sat behind us. And, um, you know, you you know when a homeless person yeah. comes to Mass. And this idea that that homeless man is just part of the human family and I'm not better than him because I have showered. Or, and there was this one point during Mass where uh, the collection basket goes around and that man it reminded me of of scripture that man reached in his pocket and he Mm. gave all the change that he had in his pocket and i was just like and and we everything that we give is online so it was a very visible sign of this man giving like Mm -hmm. he doesn't have a home right Mm. he doesn't have a home and so it's just it's like what you're saying about Mm -hmm. this where's my poverty and thinking that you know, I'm any, I'm any different, you know, yeah. than he. No, and that's exactly, yeah, there's, there, there's, with the, the, the folks in Honduras, there's no hiding, right? You can't hide because there's not a material, there's no material veil that they can put over themselves. Like in the States, we can put over, like we can, we can oh, dress up. Really We can put our, I don't use makeup, but we can put on our makeup, right? right? Like. We can put on get our, in our fancy car. We can get in our fancy car. Right. We can get on our phone and just hide ourselves away. Um, but they don't. A lot of them don't have enough. They have enough to survive, right? And and their their life is for that. Yeah. And so they they can't hide. There's a more authentic, a more genuineness there. Um, yeah, and it's interesting to to wow. be in solidarity. I think that the thing that. I picked up on that quote that I, I loved the end of the quote, right? To be with and to recognize that that we're all part of this one human family. I would just change the, I would uh, question 
maybe the use of the word charity and solidarity. Right. right? I think that those go together. And, and I don't think the opposed. Pope is using the word charity like the church understands Right. Charity. So yeah. we understand yeah. charity as love. Yeah. But the world understands charity as, hey, dollar, I'm going to... Dollar bills. I like all ha- like handouts. Handouts. Yeah, exactly. Right. exactly. So, yeah, I mean, because the thing is, like, you could... The same thing... I mean, look at it, right? The... We were just talking about how the church in the States has just gone through uh, like another abuse scandal, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the same thing is happening in Honduras, right? And it's not, there's the economics didn't change it. It's just, we can hide things and often Hmm. the third world can't hide things as easily, right? And it's not, that's not to say that they're, that every place is absolutely corrupt or anything like that. I'm just saying that um, we need to be careful of thinking like what you're saying, that my money makes me a better human being yeah. or that because I had these privileges, it makes me a better human oh, right. No, like when you're standing there ticked off because you're, because you don't have a water to shower. You don't, you, you don't have the ability to turn on the water to the shower and you have to go walk 30 yards to get water, you recognize your own poverty of like, man, I am selfish. Like right. I, these people do this every day. Right. This is just normal. This right. is a normal everyday thing. And we've all, yeah, we've all got that. And how poor poverty, am I? Right? Yeah. How, how poor am I that I can't, like I can't be joyful. That it's hard for me to be joyful in this situation. Mm-hmm. That was the recognition, right? Well, and I just think that that's just a really wonderful awesome opportunity to just it's just seeing the world with new yeah with new vision and so you know we we have conversations with our kids all the time about like where are you looking to are mm. you look are you always comparing yourself over here like you you are you striving for something over there or are you are you just remembering that we're part of this bigger mm. picture and that there are uh other people out there that that um like need us to show up and and befriend mm. instead of like this idea that I'm gonna fix you. Just go into things like I'm going to I'm going to learn from you and yep. and you're gonna learn from me and we're gonna we're gonna go at this thing together. We're gonna figure this thing out together. Yeah, I think that that's a great. Uh, I mean, I learned a ton from the Hondurans, and I hope that there was a little bit that I, that the Lord allowed them to learn from me. Right, like. I've been given a gift of a theological education. And one time me and the other seminarian, Fernando, who were there, we gave a talk to the missioners about apologetics, like talking and and things like that. And so, um, and that was a really life-giving opportunity for me to be able to do that. Um, So I think that that was something that maybe the Lord used, but certainly I learned a lot from from people around me and just to have that attitude of like, well, I'm going to learn from this person, right? Like that, and I think that's charitable. That That's right. like a type of charity of just like, I'm going to be open to this person, whatever they're going to teach me. Yeah. Uh, even if they're not the way that I normally learn or the, they're, even if they're not in the same, they don't look the same as I, the people that I normally learn from. I right? think we tend to have like this idea that we're superior. Like I do before I, and you know, no, I mean, I think it's just kind of ingrained. Like if you're educated or if you have a if you have a 401k mm-hmm. then you have more to offer the world than somebody who's uneducated or who's you know barely making ends meet and mm-hmm. I, I do think that we walk around a little 
pompous Mm -hmm. um, in our position and in our privilege. And we have to like spend some time checking that and checking Mm -hmm. the circles we run in. Um, I agree with you that I think there's some perspective that needs to be shifted just like yours was when you had the no shower. The no Um, shower. Oh, I took a shower. I I got that that story. I don't know if, you know, all of us explicitly, you know, people listening to the podcast are probably middle to upper class, right? You're listening to the podcast. (laughs) You have a a device on which you can listen to a podcast. I don't know how many of us are consciously thinking I'm better than that person on the side of the road. Oh no. I think it's, I think it's implicit, right? right? Um, and maybe it's maybe it's not, you know, maybe maybe some people look at these people with empathy in their hearts and they do wish they could do something, but they don't know what to do. Um, but I think that I think that you realize the the lens that you're viewing this whole situation with when you do encounter your own poverty, mm-hmm. right. when you have those moments of like, Jesus, this is so unfair, like whatever i didn't get what i wanted at costco or you know and and hopefully and will you 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 have the gift of like having a lot of perspective and having some good interior reflection and hopefully you know like people can see that when that happens to them mm-hmm. they can acknowledge their inner poverty and be rather like, than oh just that was angry. that was ridiculous like yeah. right there's a person over here who doesn't have anything right i'm being a little ridiculous you know and then it's and then it's serving from that poverty have you heard mm-hmm. like let me serve you from my poverty have you heard that phrase before i feel like i've heard that phrase before but it's it's using that motivation or that like acknowledgement of like oh I'm like I'm incomplete too right you know mm-hmm. let me let me offer myself to you and um, and for me it's yeah. been like this learning of like what is my motivation to serve is it to make myself feel better like am am I giving this man right um, money to make me feel better or do I really love him because he is a child of God and I respect him on the same level I would respect anybody else. And this is just me serving my brother. Mm. Um, I think that is like in the last year learning, learning that of course the Catholic church has a teaching on everything, (laughs) but learning that our church wants us, that word solidarity is the absolute my most favorite word of the last year learning that the church asks us to just stand with people yeah. like not not come up from a i'm going to like i'm going to be feel better because i'm tr- going to solve this problem but like i'm going to stand with you in this and and there's going to be an extra ex- there's going to be an exchange here mm-hmm. like i'm it's not me swooping in right yeah this is this is a a wider conversation about the tension and uh, I don't know, whatever relationship between charity and justice, right? Like charity is just kind of giving and and walking away and justice is working to kind of build a, a culture of encounter or, you know, a culture where people can. You're using the word charity as like the thing that I give you. Yeah. Yeah. Not love. Right. Not caritas. Okay. Right. Donations. I just, no, Donations, I just want right. to be sure. Right. Like, I mean, right, and I exactly. barely, and that's another word that I just learned in the last two years. I thought charity was charity. I didn't right. know that the church uses charity as the as uh, love. Okay. Yeah, because the Latin caritas means yeah. well, it's charity, but it means um, love. Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, going to uh, to this whole idea of like solidarity and and just being with people, and not really doing anything. The interactions with the poor that I have, the ones that I remember, I didn't do anything. For them, mm. you know, like I shook their hand or I like had a conversation with them or I asked their name. Um, 
those are the people that I remember. And those are the people that I still pray for, even mm-hmm. though I forget their names, you right. know? Um, and so that's, I think that's the secret of it all is just being with people. I mean, that's the incarnation, right? And yeah. that's, and again, that Jesus goes back. Jesus just came to be with us. I mean, he came yeah, to, to save be, us, but yeah. he like dwelt with us for 33 mm-hmm. years. And that goes back to everything that we've always said. Like we crave, those young adults crave community. They, they crave to be seen. The teenagers that I work with, they crave to be seen and known. And it's the same with anybody else who's struggling in any kind of poverty. Are you saying that the answer is authentic community? It always, always. The answer is always authentic community. We're Trinitarian creatures. Dude. That means our, our end is community. One day we're going to do an episode. There's this theologian from the East. He's a Byzantine theologian. So it's a little wonky. His name is Alexander Schmemann. Schmemann. And he says, you know how human beings are homo sapiens. He says that the true human being is a homo adorans. We're created to adore. adore. That's how we were created in the garden because we were created to be in relationship with God. And everything that we're doing in this life, the fallen life is striving to get back to that pure state of homo adorans. The the whole creation is striving to get back to adoring God. That's awesome. And it's super beautiful. Oh, it's called for the life of the world. So it's a good beautiful. read. Uh, he's a little he's a little strange to to our Roman ears, I think. Oh, uh, I love but, I, the East. But dude, the East it, it's a good it's challenge deep. for your for your uh, spiritual. There's a really great book called The Wellspring of Worship mm-hmm. by Jean Corbone, mm-hmm. I think. And he was basically like the guy who's the shadow writer of the or the fourth part of the catechism. Yeah, yeah. He talks about prayer. Wow. Shadow writer. How do you like that title? Well, he kind of, I mean, like, he wrote a lot of it with, I think, with Ratzinger and different people. And, uh, but it is, go get this book. If you want to learn about the liturgy and adoring God, go get this book. Yeah. Um, Totally. You should really, do you know that some podcasts do that? Like, whatever they reference during the podcast, they link up underneath. Do you do that? Sometimes when we reference stuff. Yeah, you should. That's awesome because you guys know all sorts of also, good resources. Uh, there's something else I was going to say about Honduras. And now I can't remember it. But yeah, an encounter with poverty. An encounter. Oh, so I just want to. I just want to keep in mind though, with all of this that we we've said, right? That we're we're to be in solidarity with people. There is like still in it, the intention of revealing Christ to them. Right. Oh, for sure. You are. I just want to be very clear about that. Right. Like because the missionaries, that's what they're there for. Yeah. Right. Like they're going to be in solidarity with people. But their goal is to to help people get to heaven. Yeah. If that's not part of the goal, then you're just an NGO doing good work. Right. Which is great. Well, and right. But you're not even doing that great work. because You're not even doing anything. You're just kind of sitting. You're you're allowing human relationships to be built, which is great. But people are dying. People and. That's the thing. Like we can't take away their suffering, but we can, I don't know. I don't know. Give is not necessarily the right word. We can maybe be share, share, share the greatest gift that we have. Absolutely. Which um, is where, what we're called to do at all times times. everywhere. Yeah. So that was the other thing that came to mind when you were talking about the kind of the chance encounter of like talking with the homeless dude. Um, Yeah. Just be open. Yeah. Be open to hearing and hearing the the and sharing in the suffering of other people or the poverty of other people or the joy of it whatever it is totally um, one of the uh the moments that I will never forget at in in Honduras I was at the hospital it was the last uh, uh few days that I was in Honduras 
and I was just hanging out. And this other missionary, her name was Karen, came to me and said, hey, uh, this lady needs to be prayed with right now. We need to pray. And, and I said, okay, let's pray. And so I started, we prayed, prayed for her healing, prayed for healing of emotional wounds and different things like that. And then we sat down and we talked for a little while. And, and she asked me, she said, is it okay if I share to you what happened? Not everyone's going to be that explicit, right? Right. But it's almost like whenever we encounter a person, that's the question. Is it okay? Are you, can you, are you, are you, are you able to, to receive what I have to give, right? Receive what I am, receive who I am, receive my history. Hmm. Can we, can I, are you safe to share with, you know, are you, you know, and she shared some really heavy stuff. Like this is, I mean, it was, yeah, it was rough stuff. And we went and prayed some more in the chapel. Um, but, you know, I think that that's a kind of a metaphor that I'll keep in my mind oh, yeah. for a long time of like, are you able to receive? Are you, can you give? receive? Because if you're not willing to receive, I'm certainly not going to share Oh, dude. because right. Yeah, I mean that's like my biggest fear, right? Whenever I'm sharing that's with someone, it's like a I'm human get person's biggest fear. It's laughed why, at or yeah. made fun of or ashamed or whatever. So um, didn't we talk about that a couple episodes ago? I I forget, maybe I was just thinking about it, but like, oh, yeah, that resistance to be vulnerable and not to mm-hmm. vomit all over people, but in those sacred moments to say like, yeah, hey, this and is that what I have is to give. Really hard because I think. Uh, this idea that we have to be strong and right and ready and prepared and just all the perfect things all the time. And that, um, showing, I think that vulnerability is a lot of times for me, it feels like, Oh, well, first of all, it's super uncomfortable. Um, but it also feels like weakness and weakness. Oh, I don't like it. Well, and it's not just capable. Like I want to feel capable to deal with everything. Yeah. And vulnerability or um, courage, I guess, is how Father Doug puts it. Yeah, uh, is hard. <laughs> That's true. They're, yeah, they're the. I mean, yeah, they're the same thing. But I mean, not just with other people, but to have the courage or the vulnerability to do that with God. Hmm. I think we're implicitly. It's another like implicit fear that we all have. Uh, we hide behind our masks because we don't think God can take what we have to give Him. Yeah, and it's like uh. He can, right? You know, he can. Uh, yeah. But it, it takes it takes special moments to to realize yeah. that. And sometimes there's wow, no that's words. A, that's a for beautiful that. moment. What's that? Sorry. Sometimes there's no words. Like it's good that he like that the spirit intercedes because sometimes there's no words for that kind of like groaning. Mm-hmm. Most yeah. of my prayers are just uh, <laughs> yeah, they're groaning. We don't <laughs> we don't know how to pray as we ought. Right. That, spirit that of line, self, that line eight twenty five cracks me up because I always just think of people being like. Uh. <sighs> Dude, I do that oh, in prayer sometimes too. Yeah. You know, just get into the chapel, you're like, God, this was a crappy day. I was praying last night. Man, this is the longest episode ever. It's I'm okay. Sorry. No, it's fine. It's great. I was praying last night, and uh, sometimes when I pray, I like get caught up in the words that I'm saying because I'm like, God needs me to have nice words. <laughs> Perfect words. Right? Like because, you're words. Right. because you're ministering the church. Right, right. And so you're always praying in front of people. Exactly. And you do the same thing that we exactly. all do as we're praying. And we're... I'm literally laying in my bed. No one's around. And I'm like you oh. know, trying to use the thesaurus in my head. And I, found, I like realized what I was doing. And I was the like, thesaurus in my head. And so I just started using three-letter words. I was like, 
God, in four God, bad things are happening <laughs> in the church. Help it be good. I love you. Like, just praying like a kid, you know? And it was actually, like, it was really relieving knowing oh. I didn't have to, like, explain it to the Lord right. because he, he knows. Those yeah. are the most authentic prayers. And I literally said, I said, Holy Spirit, I need you to, need you to polish this up before it gets up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, see? This is my prayer I life. I love it. Oh, Maybe this man. is why I don't pray because uh, I'm ridiculous in my prayer life. Man, oh. I need you to polish this up, Holy Spirit. I need you. Oh. That's going to be, I'm going to put that in my little me. tool belt of prayer. Yeah. That's so good. Dude, I hope God laughs at me. He does. All the he time. He rejoices. I hope he so. Rejoices. He rejoices. Will, it was really great to have you, buddy. We could talk about this forever. Yeah. And we could talk about two more things that I have in mind. Yeah. But, uh, oh. So some book recommendations. Yeah, I read. I read. Uh, I'm reading a series of novels by the author Michael O'Brien right now. Yeah, uh, the first one was Elijah, Father Elijah. Second one's Elijah in Jerusalem. I'm reading Sophia House right now. They're good Catholic fiction, and they're available and formed. Kids. Oh wow! Some of them. Uh, I would recommend adult books. Uh, high schoolers and up. Okay. Yeah, it, like a mature, like middle schooler. For the for Father Elijah would be fine. Issues in it? There there are in the in Sophia House especially. There's there's uh, but it's Isn't really it? good. It's yeah. it's like the interplay of like temptation and it's it really speaks cool. to the human experience. I think he's a, a pretty pretty decent author. Cool. Um, I'll link to Formed in the description. Yeah, y'all should use it because we have it. That's right. <laughs> we get updates all the time on the new stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been the Being Church Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. We love you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We're praying for you. Oh, I think you should do the the tagline. Please pray for us. Pray for me as I go back to seminary and go be church. 